Hey everybody, welcome to the Shot Clock Podcast with me, Jago. Today's guest, first and foremost, is a neighbour, former Dublin Bay Viking, Tolka Rover, Fordham University Hall of Fame member, class of 2021, go Rams. Jay Fazan, how are you, man? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely I watch it no every problem. week. Yeah, you're one, of, you're one of the few that comments every week. <laughs> I look forward to like Fuzzy's uh, Fuzzy's little input into uh, what's been going on. <laughs> Me and Darren having our little battles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, I've started every episode. At the start, it was you know how's COVID treating you, and you know where are you in your headspace now that we're transitioning out. It's great to see you back on the court with with your Temple Oak boys. All through lockdown, I saw your two sons out shooting. I can see you and the wife out walking the dogs. How is COVID treating you right now that we transition back out? I've been doing great, to be honest with you. Um, it's given me a, a good, it was a good time for me to find out who I am, spend time with the family. And um, for me, it's worked out great. Like my wife is a dog walker and dog trainer. So we have our own field up in Ticknock. So we've been getting, you know, between 15, 20 dogs every day. Wow. And I'm working with the wife and helping out as much as I can. So I'm spending quality time with the family. So I have no complaints whatsoever. Excellent. Excellent. And now that we're back on court, can you, can you see us with the, the, the little lockdown now again with restrictions regarding indoor sport? Can you see us having a season next year? I definitely see us having a season because I'm looking at everywhere else around the world. Um, Hopefully by the time school starts that everyone will be vaccinated pretty much. So we should be able to get back into the gym. Um, I know the kids, my kids, I can't speak for everyone else, but my kids are working hard and they're ready to go because um, they're starting to kill each other at practice now because they haven't seen anyone else. So um, I'm looking forward to being back inside and running around with the boys because I still play with them a little bit, but I can't walk for two or three days after. But um, yeah, not that black top it's just fun being back. That black top doesn't help when you you get to our age. The knees, I agree. Just, but, they can't take it, man. <laughs> but the masters are in a few months, in two oh. months, so I got to get myself ready. <laughs> you, you and me both. You and me both. <laughs> so look, we'll take it all the way back before we get into your your college career. Who, what, or why inspired you to hoop for the very first time? Oh, I'd have to say, um, Doctor J. Because I remember when I was little, I used to um, stay up and watch the NBA games. They were tape delayed back when I was little. Dr. J against Larry Bird and all that stuff. So they wouldn't come on until half 10. And I used to beg my parents on a school night, can I stay up and watch the games? And they'd say, go for it. And by half the time, I'd be sleeping. But <laughs> that's what got me started. You know, and then you put the, I'm sure like everyone else, you put the hangers on the door and you ball up a pair of socks and you shoot with that and then, Eventually, your parents buy you the Nerf hoop, and you have that going, and then it accelerated from there. But um, I've been playing basketball, like I said, since I was about five, like with a team and all that kind of stuff. So um, I've been doing it for a, a good while now. Very, uh, very diplomatic, Fuzzy. A good while. <laughs> 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 so look, as I said, you came into the league with Dublin Bay Vikings, a couple of seasons there with, with some legends of the game, people who've been on the podcast already. And then the transition to Talker Rovers, pretty much like everybody who seems to come through the podcast, 
has played for Talca Rovers at some stage. I feel a little bit left out that I haven't played with them. <laughs> it's not happening. But anyway, over the years, who's been your favorite teammate and why? All right. I have to I have to have two on this one. It's no problem. Because I have two, two, they're they're equal. Um the first one was Joey Hofstra. Right. Joey, um, when I played for Dublin Bay Vikings, we had a house across the street from his house in Palmerstown. So Joey was the only place that had the basketball go in the backyard. So me and Joey would be midnight, one o'clock, playing one-on-one in the backyard, getting our workouts in. So um, I could never, I don't know, give enough gratitude for Joey for taking the abuse for all those hours <laughs> in his backyard. <laughs> well, I was working on my stuff. And then um, also equally, He's my best backcourt mate while I was here, and that's Bernard Walsh. Um, between the beers and basketball, you can't have a better running mate than him. <laughs> and I'm still playing. He's playing D2. He yes. played D2 with Class 11, Class 11 last year. I played against him. You can shoot. You can still shoot. You still you got to shoot. Yeah. You don't nope. lose that. You don't lose that. Nope. And he's a great person off the court. Like, you can't beat it. Like, you can have a laugh with him, talk to him about stuff. And I just... um. Had a really good relationship. Well, still do have a good relationship with, with Bernard, you know? He's a good guy. I have to say, two good guys. Joey Hasford was my co-captain with Hoops. He also right. was, uh, when I was in, I think, third year in school, he came in in first year. So, like, I played with Joey for so long. But I, I love I love the whole Hasford family, every one of them. There's not, there's not a bad yeah. one amongst them. You know what I mean? Chris I was in my class. Mano was somebody I looked up to. Hannah and Rachel, two great kids. Like, just amazing. They're an amazing, amazing family. And Joey, big shout out to Joey because we spent many a road trip together and you know what Joey's like on a road trip. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All of the hash drops. <laughs> and look, no one else they did, was, which, which I appreciate. They taught me how to be a black man in Ireland. Look, there's not many there. <laughs> we all have to stick together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so look over <laughs> over the years who's the toughest person you've had to guard in the league and then on the flip side who was the one person you hated going up against because they they knew your game the toughest person i had to guard whew, I, i'd probably say as, as with the americans was either robbie turner or um Trent Forbes, who played for Waterford. I think his last name was Forbes. He played at Providence. Those two were headaches trying to mark. Um, most of the people here would know Rob. Um, when he was down in Killarney, he was just so physically strong and always going at you and pushing you and making you do things you didn't want to do. And the other guy, Trent, he just could ball. Like he was, he was a baller. He could shoot the ball. He could penetrate, dunk everything. So I thought. Those two were the two toughest I had to go up against. And for the Irish guys, the people that I, I had trouble with, Dean Kavanagh from, he was with Waterford when they had Eric and Roscoe and Rabbit and all those guys running around. Um, I thought he was underrated. People don't talk about him enough because he was super duper physical too. Like he, he, he didn't care if you were American, he would pop you and, you know, <laughs> talk shit to you and keep you keep keep after you and I like the plan I like playing against him right and the other one was Mike Bree and Sligo you know because his smartness 
made up for the things he couldn't do. He made up for it in smartness and started reminding me of myself because I really wasn't a runner and jumper and all that stuff. I had to outthink the people that I played against. So those were the, my toughest people to go against while I was here. Well, while I was playing, because I've been here 25 years now. So yeah, you've been here a minute. <laughs> yeah. More than a minute. Yeah. But what about who who guarded you the toughest? Who was the one that you like, oh. you'd come up against? You'd be like, oh shit, not this guy again tonight. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I'm not gonna get my shots off. I'm not gonna get to my spot. Who who was that guy? You could just say um Vincent in general. <laughs> Jesus, still in Masters. They're still pressing your full court when you don't have the ball. So it started out with Mark Keenan, Keenan then the Donnellys, and then I think I missed Jason Sherlock by about a year or so. But those Vincent teams during that time, geez, whenever you played them, you knew coming to the game, it's going to be a long one. So you had to work for every point you got. You know, and they were the same way. Like, they bumped you. And, you know, in the free throws, they were standing next to you in your jersey, breathing on you, like, come on, guys, it's a free throw. Leave me alone. You know what I mean? So, any guy, pick a guy from Vincent. <laughs> and those were the... It's funny you say that, because McGinnis said the same thing. Like, Mark Keenan was just, a, like, a little disaster. Because he had that, he was that yeah. low stance and his hands out, so the referees thought he was being nice and clean, but he'd give you that bump when you were coming at him, and he said it was just a nightmare to play against. And it was... It, and, and, and he was deceiving too quickly, quick, quick, his quickness, because you're like, oh, I got that little guy. Oh, he can't guard me. But then he actually could <laughs> when you're coming down the court. Like, he knew when to hit you, when not to hit you. And I don't know. Mark was just a super, super duper smart player. And, like, I love playing with him in Masters because he makes your job so much easier. And he throws you the ball on time. You know, when, you, when you're ready to shoot, you get it. It's not that half a second late. So um, I adore Mark. I, th I think he's one of the greats here, you know, Absolutely. as a point guard, to, to me anyway. But what a transition he's made to coaching. Like, yeah, no, it's just, it's unreal. Like, obviously they always say your point guard is, is your coach on the court. Mark has now made, you know, the transition the opposite way. And it's just doing amazing things. But every team he's coached, he's, he's like Midas. Every team he touches towards right. the goal. It's just... I, like, I love watching his teams play. Well, he gets the best out of people. And, you know, as, as I'm getting older and as, as I'm coaching now, I realize that, you know, you got to let certain stuff slide here and there. To me, all players aren't created equal, so you can't coach everyone the same way. You know, so some guys just got to let them go. Some guys, you got to get on them. Those type of things. I think Mark reads the game well and reads his players quite well, and that's the reason why he's so successful coaching in the, in the Super League and the Irish team and all that stuff. Completely agree with you. Underrated as well. He doesn't get the, the credit yeah. he deserves. He really doesn't. You know, his longevity as a player and a coach, like, there's, there's no, like, no, like, Joey Boyle and him, that's, you know, I, I draw the line there. So, any superstitions coming back from your college days or high school days or even in the Super League? Have you any, like, strange superstitions or pre-game mm -hmm. routines? I wouldn't have superstitions, but I have um, my pregame stuff was always get your meal. I'd either have pasta or steak. And then um, I'd always take a nap after shoot around. So I'd always go to the gym and shoot first, then have my pregame meal, and then take a nap before the game, and then I head to the gym. Um, 
in Ireland, it had to change a bit because usually I'd, I'd get there about two hours early and get my shots up. But most of the time back when I played, the girls were on before or someone was on before. So you got the 30 minutes before the game and that was it. <laughs> Your warm up was stretching in the locker room. <laughs> Still the so. same. <laughs> there you go (laughs) nothing's changed look we touched on it at the start Hall of Fame class of 2021 with Fordham you're the second Irish related player into the Fordham Hall of Fame how did it feel to get inducted Uh, it was unbelievable because I couldn't believe I was getting the call but then when you actually look at some of the stuff that I'm getting put in there for I was like, geez, actually must have been halfway decent, you know? <laughs> so, because, um, like, I'm the all-time assist leader. Um, I was second in the country in assists behind Bobby Hurley, and he was throwing the ball to Grant Hill and Christian Leitner and those guys winning Final Fours. I was second behind him by only, like, 0.6 or something like that. So I was right there. Um, the all-time winning this player there, which I think is more important than the assist that, you know, I found ways to win and up there with free throws, all, all kind of stuff. When they was reading the stuff, I was like, holy crap. But um, it was it was nice. You know what I mean? It's, it's nice to be recognized and to have your ex-teammates give you a call and the alumni calling you and getting to have a trip up there in October. So um, I don't have to lie to the boys anymore, telling them that I was halfway decent. <laughs> that is proof. I can tell them to Google me now. Just Google me and you'll see <laughs> Hall it's of Fame. Funny. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I literally Googled you beforehand, right? Because I wanted to get the, the Fordham stuff, see what the story was with it. And literally I had a J Faz. That's as far as I got on Google. And the first person yeah. up was you, J Faz on basketball. It was like, there could only be one. Yeah. <laughs> You're the first. Yeah, it's on, it's only one, only me. And my cousin Jermaine Fazan, who plays in the NFL, he played football. So those are the only two Fazans that'll come up with sports anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, but look, I've seen your two boys. We, we talked about this off camera. They, they're going places. Yeah, they have a chance if they stick with it. Yeah, they, they can they, they can play. And they work hard. That's what I love about them. I look like every yeah. time I, 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 I'm driving out of the estate here and the, the, they're shooting, they're out getting shots up, they're out working on, on moves. Like they, they put the work in. They remind me of me when I was that age. Yeah. Everything was about hoop. Everything was about the sun is up, I'm out. The lights come on. Until mom calls me, I'm hooping. And, and, yeah. and they're the same. Like I see them day in, day out working on their stuff. Like so... That work ethic. Right, well, I always tell them that when they're not working, someone else is. Exactly. It's not the hours you do. And it's not the hours you do in practice. It's the hours you do away from practice that make you stand out. And that's, it's a hard thing to coach, but those boys have that ingrained in them. That's like, and hey, by the way, two of the nicest kids you'd ever meet, they never pass me without saying hello. You know what I mean? Oh, well done. Well done. Oh, that's, more <laughs> that's more important sure. to me is, you know, great. You're a great baller, but you got manners and you, you've been raised right. That for me is that's a different level, you know what I mean? But Thank look, I will pass that on to them. Do do absolutely <laughs> too. Like, yeah, I love I love seeing the kids out, out training. But listen, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Thank you, know, you. appreciate it. I when it when it came through on, on Facebook or something, I saw it. I was like, no way, you know what I mean? Because people, I was that way too. <laughs> that's it. But people over here, <laughs> see, 
see Fuzzy the coach. They see Fuzzy who played with whatever team. They like, and it's the same with, with KT, Lenny, you know, all those guys. You you had a career before you got to Ireland. And people I don't agree. realize that. Like Lenny was with Pitt, KT was drafted, you know, Jenks was drafted, Clemson standout. Like we, we can go through everybody who's been here at a high level back. Like I said, the off camera, you're the last of the OGs. And then Puff is a throwback to the OGs. You know, I got agree. here, never moved, stayed here. But you're the last of that group of guys, the Eds, the Jeromes, Gerald Kennedy, all that gang, Randall, that came here, fell in love with the country and, and, and stayed. You know stayed. what I mean? But you had your career before here. You were a standout in Fordham. You were part of the last yeah. team in Fordham that got to the NCAA championship. These are things people yep. don't realize. They just see Fuzzy standing on the sideline or Fuzzy playing the Masters. And, oh, yeah, you can shoot. Yeah. He's a good guy. But, like, you had a career before you had a career. Yeah, it's weird because that you say that because when when I came to, to Dublin, I came on holidays, right? <laughs> I was on holidays and got picked up by a team, by, by Dublin Bay Vikings. Um, I already had finished – you know, living my NBA dream. I played in like the CBA, well, the G League thingy. Yeah, whatever. And I did the whole <laughs> summer leagues. I did, I did, I did all of that. And then I realized, if I'm being totally honest, I'm not good enough for that level, and I don't want it as much as the guys that were there. Like, you have to want it, want it to be at that level, to be at that elite level. You know, so when I came here, I was already coaching in college for three years. I coached at Fordham for two years and then the Merchant Marine Academy Division Three for um for one year. You know, so I had lived my dream already. So when I got here, it wasn't the end-all, be-all, per se. So, like, I know, like I was telling Darren McGinnis, I knew I wasn't the best player ever to play over here. But when I came here, I already had done all my stuff that I had to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But like, look, being in your being in your your, your college's Hall of Fame, you can't you can't you can't brush that off. You know what I mean? That's it's it's incredible. And enjoy your trip if you get to do it. You're gonna to get to do the trip. Yeah, we're going in October. Got the plane yeah. tickets. Sand the New York Athletic Club. So we ready to go. <laughs> I'll, give you, I'll give you a list of Knicks gear that I won't brought home. <laughs> no problem. You're only across the green. That's exactly. Across, let me know. <laughs> Right, so moving on. Favorite kicks of all time. What are your go-to shoes? Whew. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not into kicks and all that, but it had to. Be, I, I would say it have to be some kind of air. I, I'll tell you this. I'll go with the shocks, Nike shocks. Ooh, because I got flat feet and I need the arch support. So I'll go Nike shocks. The Vince Carter, the high top I had a pair of Vince's, yeah, the Vince Sanities. They were okay. They were a nice shoe. Exactly. They were a nice shoe. Like anything from that era was, was me, even though I couldn't jump like that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it I, made I, me I believe jump, I could. I, I could jump, but I couldn't shoot like you. So we'll, I'll take the trade-off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so this is going to be a tough one. It's you and four others going to a pickup game. Who are you taking? And for the first time in eight weeks... You are not playing Elaine Scully. Yes, I have a chance then. You're playing Grania Dwarves team, which is equally as stacked. Right. 
Well, who are you taking? I'm gonna stay with my Fordham family, so I'll take um Emer Howard. Nice. I'll take Suzanne McGuire. Nice. All right, so we're gonna outsmart you and outshoot you. <laughs> and then um I'm gonna take Big Rick in the post because he'll take up a lot of space. And then the other one is gonna surprise you here. I don't know if you remember Billy Singleton. He oh. played at St. John's and then he yes. played in Belfast. Yeah. Up oh, there yeah. with Daryl. Yeah. Billy was probably Billy's probably was bigger than Ricardo ass wise and size wise. <laughs> but they had the same game, like he had the mid-range, the the hands, I don't know how to even describe the hands. Yeah, like Bruce Lee hands, like how quick he could take the ball from you. And once he, he sealed you, it, it was over. So if I have them two in the post and the Fordham trio out front, I'll ride with that and see what happens. This is going to be an interesting one. This is, you know, I'm looking <laughs> forward to this. I'm looking forward to this. So top five musical artists of all time, who could you not live without listening to? Biggie Smalls is the first one. Nice. Nas. Nice. Biggie Nas. A Tribe Called Quest. Ooh. Um, Sade. And the fifth would be the Wu-Tang Clan. I can't go without the Wu. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm impressed with that five. That's a, that's a solid five. That's nearly as solid as your five for the court. <laughs> <laughs> So you're the well, I hope so. What three songs are we warming up to before tip-off? Well, that's an easy one for me. The Scenario by Tribe Called Quest. Um, Slam by Onyx. And the last one would be M.O.P. Annie Up. The clean versions, though, of course. <laughs> yeah, I need, I, need to, uh, I need to go back in because I have all the songs on a playlist that people can right. get on Spotify from, from everybody, all the guests. But I, I've all the explicit ones. But Puff was like, oh, we need to get them into the gym for like when the season tips off again. Use that playlist. I was like, yeah. So I need, I need to sit down and, and rejig the playlist. Just so you know. Right. The commissioner. If you want to, I have all of the stuff you that people put on. I have that because in my other life, I'm a DJ too. No. So if you need music, I, I could get it for you. I, I have you and Joey Hastrup. So Joey's not a DJ. I'm jo a real DJ. Joey Joey claims to be a DJ. Exactly. What was it? He used to always call me for music back in the one, day. One gig. One gig Hastrup. <laughs> That's what we should call him from now on. <laughs> and he did those with two tape decks. <laughs> yeah, music he'd recorded off the radio. <laughs> <laughs> sorry Joey sorry but we're not we're not sorry at all but over the years you've like we've gone through who you've played with your your college career your pro career you're now coaching passing it on holding the ladder for the next you know group of kids but what advice would you give a 16 year old Jay Fazan if he was sitting in front of you and is your boy about 16 now He's 15 still. Yeah. 15, he's about seven foot three. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> he's only 6'4". He's getting there. He's getting there. Six, three and a half. Wow. Um, but the thing I, I would I would say to, to, to players in Ireland, I'll put this specifically for Ireland. 
you have to play a lot more basketball than what you're doing. If you want to really be good at something, you have to put the time in and not just going outside and shooting. You have to actually practice good habits and do things that you're going to do in the game, not just fart around and shoot three-pointers and double pumps and all that stuff. If you're going to work, go out there and work. And um, I, I know for myself, like in college, I had a okay career. I did what I was supposed to do. But I think I could have been so much better if I would have actually put any kind of extra time in. I only did the five or six hours a day that we were doing back then. That was it. When I could have did a lot more. And you don't want to live with yourself saying, oh, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. When at the age you're at, you could just do it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no problems. And the other advice, I want to give you two things because I think this is important for the kids is when you're out there about to do something silly, ask yourself, what would my mother think of it? What would my mother say if I did this? And hopefully that might stop someone from doing something silly and getting themselves in trouble or putting something on the internet that they know they don't supposed to do. So um, that would be my thing that I tell a 16 year old, you know, ask yourself, what would your mother think before I do it, before you hit sin? What would my mother say if, I, if she saw this? Solid, solid advice. You're the second person to say practice with purpose. I think Luke yeah. O'Hay said the same thing. He said, you know, yeah, I got shots up, but like, were they the right shots? No. No. Practice with purpose. As I always tell my, my team, I tell my kids, um, when we used to play St. John's back in the day, when they were in the Big East, when the Big East, the Big East, I don't know if you remember Malik, Malik Sealy. Yes, I do. Remember Malik Seal played with Indiana Pacers and all them. Before, like in, in shoot arounds, we'd be talking about him, how to mark him, and coach would be like, he's only going to shoot layups or he's going to shoot from the elbow or, or from the wing. Those are the only three shots he's going to take, and he's still going to score 25 points on you. And sure <laughs> enough, every game, it's only those three spots he shoot from. So I always tell the kids, you don't need to know how to shoot from everywhere in the court. You need to know how to get to the spot where you can make shots from and shoot from there. You know, work on getting to the spots, dribble moves to get there, and then taking your shots. You don't need a hundred different shots. Just two or three that you know if you get there, it's going to go in. Well, you see now with kids, like I have my own academy now, and, you know, we banned three-pointers. Right. Up to a certain age group because the six- and seven-year-olds are coming in and jacking from 30 feet. They can't hit a light. <laughs> And you're right. Steph Curry, Kobe, blah. yeah, but hang on. Steph Curry started right at the basket and has worked his way all the way out there. He didn't exactly. Start he started with putting in layups. So when you perfect that and you perfect your mid range, you perfect your elbow, go and shoot trees. Don't yep. start with the three point line. It's it, it's not your shot. It it might right. never be your shot. But like just just true back in here for a minute like you know what i mean it's like straight away as soon as they walk into the gym it's like jacking but like they're them up. Their hip and there's this road the way you, the, 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 the way you get them out of that is I always say like because most of the kids start out in football i said when you start in football do you kick full court do you do full court full arm field full pitch kicks to one another or do you start um close together then you back up a little bit so that's the same way in basketball you don't start at the three-point line and work your way in. You do it the other way around. 
<laughs> Start in close and work your way out. That's like solid, solid advice. So, Jesus. dead or alive, five dinner guests you'd invite to your house. Now, I've seen that picture, the infamous picture from Facebook of you with the, with the legends. The Dublin-based legends is what we might as well say because Diora, yeah. JD, Rick, Roscoe, they're not in the photo, but it's you, KT, Randall, Gerald, Lenny Mack. Jerome and Ed. Jerome. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'd cook for that table any day of the week just to hear the war stories. <laughs> any day. Oh. Any day. I can imagine the stories at that table are just off the chart. It's who, pretty. It, it, that that day that you're talking about was pretty funny, and that's still my same five, and plus the ones you said: JD, um, Rick, uh, Roscoe, Dior. Uh, we made a bond that um, when Terrain Sayers died unexpectedly at the funeral, we said, "Look, you know, we're all getting older, so we got to stick together a bit, and we shouldn't go months and years without seeing each other." So. Um, we had the first one, that was the first one where one person hosts the dinner and then we're going to move around to everybody else. So the other four step your game up and <laughs> let's get it popping. But in fairness to, to Rick, he invited everyone to cork and everyone went to not to cork to carry and everyone complained about how far it was, but we <laughs> have to stick to it and get down, get down there. Cause he actually offered. So we have to get Who down. Hosted that first one? Who hosted the first oh, that was Jerome's house? Jerome's house. Yeah, it was a great day. Um, because you know, after the game, oh, Kim Black, too. We gotta add Kim Black in there because Kim Black wasn't around that day. But um, the videotapes goes in. Um, you know, we had a few games with Calvin playing, then a few with like Lenny Max teams and the Dublin Bay Vikings. So we we had we watched like four games and just laughing and telling stories about what happened during that game and what happened at the sidelines. So that was a that was an all-nighter that was. <laughs> I can imagine so. so it, was a, it was a great night. I wouldn't change it for, for the world. You know, that was, that was a, a good day for all of us. I must po- I'm going to post a picture, actually, in the episode because people need to see, like, the years of basketball, the, the, the basketball stories on that around that table. It's just unreal. Like right. I said, I'd cook, I'd cook every day for you. Like, just to, just, to be right. part, <laughs> just to be part of that circle and hear those stories. All day, every day. Tommy, Tommy Costler was on the outside of that circle for a little while today because um, some kind of way, Tommy's the one who has all the videos. No. So we were pulling out the VHS and Tommy was, was, Tommy, you got this game and Tommy be bringing them over. <laughs> oh, Jesus, Tom, Tommy Costler, the video man. Wow. He is. He has everything. Well, when in doubt, call Tommy. I must, I must get Tommy on here. If he has all those tapes, we need to get those tapes digitized and up, on, up online. Cause like all that, right. that's all lost, man. Like we don't, we don't have that now. Like at least basketball Ireland are starting to get some games together now and up online that you can watch. But like all right. those amazing games are, are sitting in an attic somewhere. Tommy Costa, but looks of things. <laughs> Tommy has them, and Jerome has. Kim Black has. If you want any score sheet, Kim Black has that. <laughs> Pull him out his wallet <laughs> while he's telling the story. <laughs> oh, whoa. Right, so look, we've reached the last question, which is, I, I always, this, this always shocks me because I feel like I've been talking to you for like five minutes. Right. So f- first and foremost, thanks a million for coming on. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep 
being the amazing guy that you are with, with the coaching and, and, you know, reaching out and, and, and making people's lives better, you know, from what you do. Enjoy your dog walking. Tell Thank those you. two boys, tell those two boys and, and, and your wife as well. The two of you should be very proud of those two boys because amazing kids, like I said, Thank you. never pass me without saying. They always have a nod or a, a thumbs up or whatever when they're out. So, yeah, be very proud of those guys. And the last question is, who would you like to see on the podcast? I was thinking about this one, right? And it's probably going to surprise you, right? But I'd like to see um, Carmel uh, kill Martin. Oh, right. Because every, like when I was listening to, to the Darren, to Darren's podcast, and he's talking about all these different games. Carmel was there too. Right. When we won the Ireland championships, who was there? Carmel was doing the table. Um, when I played for Dublin Bay Vikings, when I first moved to the country and um, the, they, she, she was with Trident, they had Eric Blair and me and Eric are close. Um, who looked after us? Carmel. You know, her husband was was like a chef, so she'd take us down to the pub and he'd cook us up burgers and whatever. So she's always looked after me and she's always been super nice. So I'd love to see Carmel on because she'd have as many stories as anyone in the country, I'd say. You know what? I'm gonna get on that straight away because that is that is the shout of the season so far. That's a brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. She, she knows everybody too, and yeah, super duper nice. And yeah, you know, when you're out of order, she tells you. When you're doing good, she'll tell you. <laughs> so I always have a lot of time and a lot of respect for Carmel, and she always gives me my big hugs when I see her. So that's one person I'd like to see on. Yeah, definitely going to reach out. Yeah. I'm going to reach out to her right now. As soon as, as soon as I hang yeah. up, that's the first message I'm sending. <laughs> Jay, listen, you thanks go. for this. Enjoy the rest of camp. Hopefully the weather stays somewhat decent that you can get your runs in. And uh, I'll see yeah. you the Masters. You will indeed. Thank you for having me. It's been okay. a pleasure. Keep up the good work. I enjoy them. Every Tuesday, Thursday, I wake up 7, 8 in the morning watching them. And then I start my day. Excellent. Look, that's, that's what it's all about. It's about us staying connected. Exactly like you said with you and the OGs. Staying connected with, with this amazing community that we're part of. You know what I mean? And Friendships made 25 years ago are still strong right now. I agree with you. Take it easy. Yep. We'll see you soon, buddy. Yep. See you guys. Thanks. So there you have it. Um, Fuzzy's episode. As I said, on camera, um, one of the OGs, in, in my opinion, the last the last OG until, until Puff came along. Uh, great episode. Again, congratulations for your Hall of Fame induction. Absolutely amazing achievement. Um, head over to Instagram to vote. It's Team Fazand against Team... I was going to say Team Scully. It's not Team Scully. Team Dwyer. Um, and head over to the Spotify playlist where we can get Fuzzy's three warm-up songs. And until next Tuesday, this is Jago saying, I'll see you on the court soon.